Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So hope you guys are all staying safe in this mad time. Uh, it is a little bit mental out there and hope you guys and your families and friends and everyone is staying safe. Um, so this is the next episode of the podcast. So thank you very much, much to everyone who has been sharing it up on their stories uh, so far. So this week I have Laura Young aka at Laura's views on Instagram. Um, so Laura is an influencer. She is a, a vegan. She has massive, uh, massive positivity uh, on her Instagram, which is what I love about it. And that's why I asked Laura to come on because I think everyone's a little bit down at the minute. Uh, everyone's struggling, um, but it's important to kind of stay positive. And that's why I asked Laura to come on. Laura has an amazing YouTube channel with nearly 36,000 subscribers. Uh, and Laura's views is the name of her channel on Instagram. So Laura, thank you so much for coming on today. What an intro, thanks for having me. <laughs> How are you, How are you, staying? are you staying safe? Well, my head just got a little bit bigger. Uh, yeah, no, I'm keeping safe, thank God. I hope everyone is as well. Um, it's trying times for sure, but we we have to pull through it. We will pull through it and we're not called the fighting Irish for nothing, are we? No, I think it's just about adapting. I think everyone's struggling from getting from an office environment to kind of just sitting at the desk at home and trying to stay away from the kitchen and stuff like that it's just kind of adapting to the new situation really um, i won't even start on the kitchen i have literally eaten myself out of house and home every single day i don't know if i'm the only one do you find the thing yeah when i when i first started working from home i was literally like i'm gonna work for five minutes to spend 20 minutes in the kitchen five minutes at work 20 minutes in the kitchen it's like you're literally trying to do everything but work uh, but i think now that there's no sport on tv um i think it helps a lot as well um, but I think it's just kind of staying off. What I'm struggling with the big time is staying off the kind of the media streams because Absolutely. there's nothing but crap. There's nothing but everything about it. So I'm literally trying to change or check the news probably about six, six o'clock, seven o'clock in the evening and then leave it at that and try to stay off social media because there's a lot of crap information out in social media regarding the whole COVID immune busting fucking supplements, which I don't get me started on. Um, oh, no. Yeah, so Absolutely. there's a lot of people, so yeah, there's a lot of, I think Twitter are doing a great thing that they're trying to kind of crack down on all that kind of stuff. Facebook are not doing such a good job from what I can see. I don't really, I don't really use Facebook. I'm in a few kind of groups and stuff like that, but that's about all I use Facebook for. So it's, uh, I'm lucky I am staying away from that. So Laura, tell us how you got into the world of social media and how you are big time into your fitness and staying fit. Wow, that is a very big question. That's two very big questions, so buckle up. Um, <laughs> okay, so reverse back to 2000. Okay, so 2013, I found myself in a position where I was not laid off work, but I was sent home from work. I was sick for, I think, about two and a half months. Not so sick that I wasn't like able to do anything, but I had to be like well-rested. And I was really bored. I found myself spending a lot of time watching YouTube reviews, beauty reviews, makeup and stuff. And I remember thinking to myself, hmm, I've got a camera, I could do this. So I set up a YouTube channel for myself where I was reviewing lots of beauty products and it was a way for me to kind of occupy myself while I was off my full-time job. And as a result of that YouTube channel, there were obviously a spin-off Instagram page, a Twitter page, a Facebook page, back when people still use Facebook. And that's kind of how my social media all kicked off. And then when I went back to work, I just maintained it over the years. So I've been doing this for... What's that? 2013, 14, 15, uh, it'll be going on seven years this year. 
So it's gas, I find, when people ask me, like, how do you get successful on social media? And I'm like, well, you're not asking the right gal because it's taken me seven years to get where I am. Um, So basically, I set it up as a distraction, something to occupy myself and something I've maintained over the years. I have been known as being brutally honest from the get-go, from the very start, which has, shall we say, cost me relationships with several brands. Uh, But it's there to be spilled if you want. And... That is how I got started on social media and why I'm there today. You asked about how I got into the fitness realm in 2000. Well, actually, during that time when I was sick, I was eating all the pies as well as recording all the videos. So I put on quite a lot of weight and it wasn't until April 2015, I remember looking in the mirror at myself. I thought, oh, I hate whatever you're talking about this, but there was one particular grey t-shirt. If you'd like, I'll send you on a photograph. I don't know if you have a meme of showing the photograph in the description underneath the podcast or whatnot. Um, but there's this one particular photograph where I'm wearing this grey t-shirt and it was the only grey t-shirt that fit me anymore. And if you look at my eyes in the photograph, it's the one thing that I'm drawn to. It's not the fact that I was a lot heavier. It's just I looked so sad. My skin was really bad. I was probably, I think I was 185 or 190 pounds at the time. And I was like, that's it. I have to make a change. So I didn't lose weight in a healthy manner. Would you like me to go into that? If, if if you feel comfortable enough to talk about it, please feel free to do so. Yeah, I'm conscious of waffling on for ages. No, work so, away. <laughs> so I downloaded my fitness pal and it asks you at the start, obviously your height, your weight and what your goals are and how much weight you want to lose. And naturally enough, I ramped it right up to the maximum, which is I think minus two pounds a week or whatnot. And it set my calories too. Can you guess? 1200? Bada boom. Yeah. Set my calories to 1,200. So I was like, right, okay, calorie counting. I can do this. So for about a month, I counted calories. I think it's a kind of a classic story. I want to lose a bit of weight first before I start in the gym. So I did that. I think I lost maybe a stone, stone and a half, something like that. And then I went to my local gym and I looked to speak to a personal trainer, consulted with him. He was happy enough with my diet at the time. I think I might have over or underplayed how much I was counting my calories, but that's kind of neither here nor there. So I was training with him once per week and then attending the gym five other days per week as well. So I was, I cut my calories drastically. I was training a lot. I got one of those heart rate monitor watches and, you know, the strap that goes underneath your sports bra, probably not your sports bra, but I don't know why. <laughs> I hope not. um i was tracking my heart rate and the calories burned and obviously now i know those are literally just like a stab in the dark with regards to numbers but i wouldn't quote unquote allow myself to leave the gym until i burned like either 500 calories on a short workout or 700 on a longer one i could spend two hours in the gym six days a week and then on the seventh day when i was resting i feel guilty Speaking of guilt, uh, after about five or six months, I'd lost tons of weight, which was great. And everyone was giving me loads of compliments on my befores and afters on Instagram. Um, and that that is addictive in itself. And then I would start to feel guilty if I went over on my carbs or if I was under my protein or over my calories if I was going to bed at night if, if I'd gone over. Um, and I slowly began to realize, hang on, this isn't normal. I also threw in a little bit of fasting I actually cringe when I think about this. Have you heard of 5-2? I've heard of 5-2, yeah. I started mixing in not only 1,200 calorie a day diet restrictions, 
with training six days a week up to two hours a day I also threw in a little bit of five too where two days a week I would restrict my calories even further oh god yeah it was pretty grim but I looked again quote unquote really good I claimed to be feeling really good and that is unfortunately how I entered the fitness sphere (laughs) um so luckily in I think it was September 2015 I watched a documentary which changed my views on diet, the diet I was eating, which was very meat and animal product heavy. And I literally went vegan overnight, cold turkey, pardon the pun. Um, and how do you find how do you find the vegan life? Well, I'll be five years vegan this coming September. I it's good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> in what in what regard, like. Uh, because I think what from 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 experience of working with vegans as clients um, I've been lucky enough to have a number of guests on that are vegans or predominantly plant-based plant-based like Marty Guilfoyle Um, he speaks about it amazingly and he's in he's in incredible shape Um, but one of the big things that for vegans is that they can struggle to get enough protein into their body in order to help to grow muscle whether you are a male or a female because you need a certain amount to kind of get muscle protein synthesis all that sciencey stuff Um, how do you what are your go-to's to to kind of keep your protein levels up or do you have any tricks or anything like that that could be could help the vegans out there well incidentally so I signed up to a plan with uh, another online coach there a couple of months ago. You can ago mention and, them, it's okay. Okay, uh, Amanda from Recalibrated Bodies. <laughs> I didn't know if I was allowed to mention them. No, you're allowed. Um, so I signed up with them and I was really kind of, not adamant, what's the word, I was kind of like, Amanda, I really don't want to count my calories. And she was like, no, I know, this is only for a few weeks just to get an idea of like how much protein you're getting in. So she kind of set me uh, parameters to reach with regard to protein and I was hitting 120 to 135 grams of protein every day. Now I won't say fuss free I did have to focus a little bit I was taking taking it sounds really bad but like taking <laughs> I was I had maybe one protein shake per day but I made sure it was a delicious one tofu really love tofu beans lentils even soy milk really quite high protein I'm not a huge fan of soy milk I get it I totally get it it's not the most delicious of the plant milks but from a nutritional standpoint it is the closest to cow's milk you're probably going to get with regards to protein and all the rest um, but I get it. it it is bean juice if you think about it it's soybeans made into juice it's not going to be delicious um what plant milks do you like or do you like any I eat anything I oh. I I eat anything like I'm not overly I have fairly broad range of foods and stuff like that there's nothing that is a bar I can't eat cream and I can't eat yogurt then you only see the thing my body just won't allow it and my body just doesn't take them uh, yeah, I just uh, break out if I have uh, yogurt and cream is my kryptonite. Um, everything else, all good. So I, I literally go for everything. But I'm, I'm a big advocate of like, I, I, I'd be a chicken, not a chicken and broccoli dude, but I would have chicken. I'd have a lot of fish, wow. like cod, um, cod fillets and stuff like that. They're probably like 35, 40 grams uh, of protein and stuff like that. And then I'd have steak i'd be fairly i have a lot of plants so if you ever look at one of my plates of food it's literally it looks like it's just thrown into a pan i because li- it's the easiest way for me to cook and it's cooking on the, the quick way to cook is literally throwing everything into a pan a load of veg rice noodles normal pasta uh spaghetti rice whatever not all in the same pan but 
Um, but I use I use whey supplement as well uh, in the mornings with my porridges and stuff. But it's like the from experience and from working with clients with the the protein powders. What vegan protein powder have you found that's tasty? Because I've tasted some of them, and I'm gonna be polite and say they didn't taste very nice. Yeah, I get that. I've, oh, I, I'm kind of for the last year or so, I've been kind of trying to find the best of the best that's also affordable. Turns out that doesn't exist. Uh, so the one I like the most thus far is called New Zest. Have you tried that one yet? I have not tried that one. N U Z E S T. It's amazing. Now it is expensive. It works out. I think. Oh, I have the sums done somewhere. I think it's one euro sixty per portion. So say per scoop or what, whatever. But it's delicious. I don't understand. There's only five ingredients in it. There's no sugar or artificial sweeteners. I think they use um apple lacuma something, some sort of natural sweetener. They are divine. The vanilla, the chocolate, and the cappuccino. Weirdly, I didn't think I'd like that. Those three are delicious. They're, but we- they're not- weird flavors. Pardon? They're very weird flavors. Yeah, I didn't think I'd like the cappuccino one, but it's a really mild cappuccino flavor. It's 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 bizarre, but it's delicious. I really really like that one. And say if I'm making a fruit heavy smoothie, say I've like a banana, a bit of pineapple, mango, I like to throw in an unflavored protein powder because sometimes I feel like putting chocolate in on top of that it just doesn't sit right and I actually quite like my protein has a, another brand they've not launched another sister brand called my vegan and they have an unflavored protein powder and I think it's pea protein so, yeah pea protein and that's fine because it doesn't really affect the taste the texture slightly it does become a little bit thicker and a little bit earthier but uh, I find that quite good to throw in as well because it doesn't affect the taste of the, the shake, basically. But if I'm just having it with soy milk or with water, I go with the new zest. Delicious. And how do you find when you're going out for meals and stuff with the girls uh, when you're going to restaurants, would you would you be kind of picky enough of where would you would go or would you adapt to the situation? I'll kind of usually... I don't like to adapt the situation on the fly. <laughs> I'll usually be like, oh, where are we going? And I might ring ahead and be like, can you throw together something for me? It doesn't have to be anything fancy, even if it's just pasta, broccoli and tomato sauce, that's fine. Um, I've only ever been to one restaurant before where they have flat out said, we have nothing here for you. And that was randomly in a really tourist heavy spot over in Mayo. Really bizarre, because I thought in a touristy area, they might be a little bit more open to like different diets but uh eventually i kind of convinced them to give me like a bean soup which i figured was probably vegan anyway and when they double checked it actually was but uh it was that was a bizarre experience and that was only about a year ago i find ireland is really progressive as well when it comes to vegan diets usually they have something on the menu that is either vegan or can be adapted which is deadly and yeah and when i travel and stuff there's some really cool apps there's the happy cow app where you literally put it put on your location settings and tell it what you're looking for aka vegan or vegetarian restaurants and it will tell you the best ones nearby and there's all reviews on it as well and that's really handy to have uh, and i feel like the world is definitely becoming more vegan friendly and surprisingly ireland is pretty vegan friendly you wouldn't expect it but it is i think the the happy cow app is something i haven't heard of before i think that's a, a big game changer if there's vegans listening to this and i think did you watch the Game Changers documentary? All those oh, I knew movies? you were going to go there. I, <laughs> I only had one, I had one person on talking about it and we went on a rant for about 20, 25 minutes. But we had to like try to get off that topic. Um, what, I did, watched it. Sorry, say that again? I did watch it, yeah. And um, how did you feel afterwards? I mean, the information given is very biased and I don't think you can argue with that. However, 
I the athletes that came on and said I had this this and this problem and now I feel like this this you can't argue with anecdotal things like that because they're just telling their story and that's fine but when they were given studies you for every single diet out there be it keto be it what's the new what's the one where you eat just meats and organs what's that what carnivore diet there's studies that are completely contradicting each other it's so hard to know it's a minefield out there at the moment it is and i think that's what a lot a lot of people are struggling with because there are these kind of so-called promoters there's also zealots there's everything and i can i can understand from a person that's trying to pick a lifestyle or a diet that works for them um but it's important to kind of pick up the information from the correct place like the basic premise of game changes is correct which is more plants Plants. into your diet no one's going to suffer if they add a few more plants into their diet and take out maybe maybe more of the processed meats duh yeah and i agree with that premise i i'm not gonna lie i haven't watched the full thing i stopped watching it when they started testing guys erections oh yeah <laughs> i was like i'm not watching this anymore nothing against guys erections but i just wasn't for me uh so i went back to some other rubbishy show that's on tv on netflix um but it's it's interesting how everyone lost their shit when that came out yeah there's a few people my, my own brother for example he watched it and he's kind of definitely he's not gone vegan or vegetarian or anything like that but he's definitely choosing more vegan options even when he's out to eat he'll have falafel bowls now instead of what he might have before like chicken Caesar salad or whatnot so it's definitely inspired him now i would never be like promoting it or whatnot because while i mean i would like more people to go plant-based with their diets or and when i say plant-based i don't mean vegan i mean like reduce your meat up your plants when someone is spouting out false not even false information but biased information i can't support that either i recently actually had my bloods checked um i ever since going vegan i've been kind of careful about my bloods because obviously i don't want to be anemic or deficient in something really important and i've always shared the findings of my results all the way along and if i did turn out to be deficient in something i would definitely share it i certainly do feel as a little bit of pressure to be like a shining beacon for the quote-unquote movement even though i don't see myself necessarily as an activist you won't see me now outside abattoirs with my placard or anything like that i want to plant seeds by example by showing that look you can be i don't like the word normal but you can be a normal human being you can hang on now i need to rethink that sentence hang on yeah i want to show by example that you can be a normal human being do all normal things you can still go drinking you can still get plastered with your mates you can still eat out all the time while making more ethical decisions with your diet it's not an all-encompassing thing the stereotypical vegan where you know it's like a a hipster with dreadlocks down to their bum that doesn't shave their armpits i'm trying to kind of break that stigma and show that you can actually be a normal everyday human being just make more ethical choices yeah no i i completely i completely agree i think that that is a changing uh that is that that tide is changing and i've worked with uh, probably about in the teens now probably about 15 vegans at this age as, as kind of clients um and the the biggest thing for them or the biggest thing that i wanted to make sure with them was as you've just alluded to which i'm delighted you brought up was about kind of making sure that the bloods and everything was were okay 
because I think a lot of people forget to kind of get those bloods and get that kind of MOT or or the NCT here um, kind of checked to make sure that everything's okay even if you aren't a vegan I think a lot of people don't really get their bloods done to kind of make sure they're not deficient in anything I know we're kind of in like a bit of a weird crisis at the minute where kind of getting your bloods done now isn't ideal and it's not going to happen because there's more important things going on but it's 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 important to kind of get that when you can um i try to do it every every six months oh wow Um, okay i i go every like year and a half two years yeah so mine is i have very white uh very low white cell blood count okay uh so i am in serious isolation right now um so i'm not even allowed to volunteer okay uh which is a little bit annoying because all my mates have volunteered and i've two of my mates are doctors um and i, I asked them for their advice you're like yeah you're not allowed at all you have to kind of lock yourself away and try to kind of do it from the the sidelines and uh, which is a little bit annoying because it's 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 not great seeing what's going on um even if i like if it's as simple as me being able to drop hop in a car and deliver someone's meals that would be like just one of those things i'd like to do but because of the, the, the cells are down i can't do it um and i can't put like the parents or anything like that at, at risk either which i think is the, the biggest problem i think a lot of people are kind of struggling with at the minute for sure but you have to look after number one because with that you can't pour from an empty cup i love that yeah big time um, that's a really good point as well actually about not just vegans like everyone should get the their bloods checked for like what is the word biomarkers well yeah. obviously your bloods are only an indicator of what's going on on the inside like it it's what's it, like a red flag it's not a red flag showing or whatnot because apparently is it 40 percent of the planet is deficient in b12 yeah and then a lot of ireland would be deficient in vitamin d weirdly i'm not deficient i don't understand how i'm not deficient um some people absorb it a little bit more um i know if you are of say african and jamaican descent and you came to ireland you would need to supplement with a little bit more vitamin d because you'd be coming from a sunnier climate when yeah. you would think that wouldn't be the case for someone with sallower skin or darker skin yeah. um but it's it's weird how people are so um when they get their bloods done they are kind of sometimes surprised by what they get back but i think a lot of people reach for supplements first then get bloods done rather than do the way around because supplements are only to supplement your diet they are not to just kind of keep swallowing them you're literally filling up a cup that's full if you don't need them yeah. uh, um which I, <laughs> exactly yeah that's i was trying to say it in a polite way but i'm glad, glad you just said in that fucking chain that's a polite way <laughs> Uh, I, do, I do think I, regardless of what comes back I still take so like I still take a multivitamin just in case I didn't hit all my nu- nutrients that day and I take a B complex for kind of my nervous system and just uh, DHA EPA what's it called Omega Omega 3 and Omega 6 Omega, that's the one um, that's kind of the only ones I take kind of on a daily basis just yeah. to kind of cover all my bases as a catch all yeah I, um, I was they're probably that I take vitamin D between kind of October and March, October and April. Um, and then I would take omega three and omega six. Um, I've kind of stopped taking it now because I've definitely upped my, uh, fish intake, but I think that's going to potentially drop now if the fishermen aren't really out in the sea anymore. Um, because of the crisis, there's none of the restaurants are open. So their, their demand has gone down. So I think if you are, 
like the tins of tuna and the tins of kind of that stuff are are decent as well and they're cheaper than kind of buying the fresh stuff but if you want the fresh stuff go for it um and that's what i try to encourage to my clients always adapt like, the, like the, there's no such thing as good or bad foods it's just more processed food and less nutritious food which is kind of one of those stigmas i'm trying to fight yeah. it's one of those battles which is uh i think it's going to take a while the all or nothing mentality i'm either on track or off track yeah like you're, <sighs> i've heard a quote I've always talked about Paul Dermody who, who's been on the podcast. He talks about if you're not on a plan, you can't be off a plan. So why don't you, why don't you try and make it a lifestyle? Um, and it's, it's such a simple phrase, but a lot of people want to kind of be attached to a certain diet. What? I hate seeing diet starts tomorrow. Or oh, the diet starts Monday. Or it be like a a photo maybe on an Instagram story of a Kit Kat. Haha, diet starts tomorrow. Yeah, and then you oh, and then you uh, my eyes so hard. Could you hear that? Could you hear my eyes rolling? Yeah, I could. <laughs> it's 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 frightening and it's a little bit like I I've spoken to a lot of people. A lot more people are trying to make contact now about kind of what to do, kind of getting over boredom eating and all that kind of stuff and people i've spoken about this on numerous podcasts on numerous guests and on solo episodes as well about kind of like kind of putting food up on pedestals like food is there as fuel food will always be there as fuel and we just need to stop demonizing and stop believing what the shit that put the media are putting out about carbohydrates or fats or proteins are going to kill you all this kind of stuff it's it's just not going to happen another perspective as well i like to take on that is bodies gain weight they also lose weight. It is what they do to adapt to different situations. So say, for example, at the moment, people might find if they were to test, their cortisol might be up. They're a bit more stressed, a bit more anxious during the day. So what you put on, I'm sure you've climbed someone who's like maybe fearful of putting on some weight, losing fat, losing gains or whatnot. So be it. It's a short term thing and you know how to change it. Yeah, I think a lot of that's, <clears throat> I'm glad you brought up the kind of they're afraid of losing their gains because I've had to work with my clients from potentially looking to lose quite a lot of weight and now they're at the stage where they want to grow the quads, grow the glutes and that kind of stage. Uh-huh. So they're afraid that they won't be able to make as much progress. Um, I get it that you're not going to be able to progressive overload, but you can still do stuff with tempo, do stuff with bands in order to create a stimulus. It may not be as beneficial as an overload, progressive overload like we spoke about earlier. I think we were talking off air about that. Um, but if your protein is at a decent level, um, it's it's you can still create some sort of muscle and kind of change. Like I did a band workout on Friday, and I can still feel the DOMS in my back, and I wouldn't. It's mad. Yeah. Um, and muscle memory and all the rest. Yeah, exactly. You lose some of your gains, you'll get them back. And plus, people, you know, you use the word their progress, afraid of um, losing their progress. But your progress is not linear. It's going to go on for the rest of your life. There is no like. Okay, I'm happy now. This is it. This is the, this is it. So, putting it off for a month or two while we're going through this. Health is your wealth. Stay the f inside. Worry about your gains later. That's the way I'm looking at it. And, and if you're more fancy, eating a tub of ice cream, just eat the damn tub of ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Some some food is good for your body. Other food is good for your soul. I like that. I like that. It seems well, maybe to be... I'm going against your entire ethos here with what I'm saying. No, no, I, I, I agree with you, including foods that you enjoy. And I was on a podcast earlier, and she, she mentions that she eats like half a tub or a tub of Halo ice cream a night, 
and that's her that's her soul food Tessie. as you as, as you've kind of mentioned um and she and i i'd be the same i have either a magnum or those little Araldi ice creams every single day so when we're once we're off this the podcast i'm going into an ice cream so like uh that's 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 just my soul food as I've, as you've mentioned um one of the big things that i've got it stuck out from when i was doing the research on your story is that you are a huge advocate of meditation oh um oh god so, how much time do we actually have left <laughs> as much as you want what are your thoughts on meditation first of all are you like pro or are you like i i believe in meditation but i also believe in i'm a huge advocate of journaling and I, it's important for me to be able to write that out i i find it when i first started doing meditation i wouldn't do a practice it every single day um and i need to get back into the habit now that we have a little bit more downtime but when i had when i was doing a property it was interesting to f- see where your mind went and i had a yoga teacher on uh, Irish yoga girl uh, Laura and she was talking about just letting the mind wander and coming back in and it was really interesting to hear and that I uh, wasn't the only kind of person I felt I was a, being a complete weirdo where, like where the hell your mind went and kind of the, the weird stuff that comes into your head when you're like completely quiet but I think a lot of people are afraid to be with their own thoughts if you know what I mean a billion percent and I totally get that Meditation, I cannot honestly say hand in heart. I've been practicing it regularly. I won't say every single day, but I would say probably five days out of seven on average, probably since ooh, maybe maybe three or four years now. Um completely changed my life, completely changed my personality, I will say. I've become more of a tolerant person. I'm I'm more able to stand outside myself, watch my behaviour and maybe understand it, similar to when you're during a meditation. Say I'm sitting there or lying there or what, whatever for 10 minutes and I suddenly notice all I can think about is, oh my God, what will what do people think of me today? And then I'll be like, oh, why am I so concerned about what people think of me today? I'm not usually concerned with that, but obviously it's something that you must explore. Maybe I might pull out my notebook afterwards and journal that out as well. Huge on journaling as well, so I totally agree with you. I think there are two kind of forms of a similar thing. Exercise as well, I think it can be a form of meditation because it gets you out of your head into your body it takes you away from the thinking mind into the doing mind yeah i i yeah that that makes sense um it's interesting to when you kind of mentioned there about kind of what thoughts come into your head that that was the thought that actually was the one that got me into the fitness realm was stop caring what other people think it's something we all struggle with always have and always will that is uh, it's it's mad that, that was the the one that you mentioned that was the one that struck a chord with me the most from listening to uh brian Keane's podcast um, oh, so i've been lucky enough to have brian on twice and he that was one of the episodes i don't know i don't i'm still trying to figure out where i heard brian or how, how i heard of his podcast i think i was literally in this realm of kind of i don't know mental wellness mental health was not great at the time obviously scrolling through social media or scrolling through Spotify or whatever, found his podcast. And I still think that if I hadn't found that, I do believe that I'd still probably be in that rut. Um, because I was going through a weird time at the moment. At that time, I got, got quite sick um, and was feeling pretty shitty. Um, and and then as soon as I heard that, I was like, right, I actually need to go and kind of get some help. And I'm a huge advocate of talking to kind of mental health professionals 
million percent, yeah. Um, over medication. There is a place for medication for those that need it, but I think it's potentially reached to reach for too quickly. Um, it seems to be pushed on people more so than actually going to talk to someone. I don't have any personal experience of that, and it's not something I'd like to pass comment on, really, because we don't really know what way the doctors... I'm not a doctor. Um, I don't know what way they're taught, what way their outlook is on it. I wonder, is it a case of medicate just in case? I don't know. It's a tough, it's a tough one, and you could argue both sides of it. Yeah, no, I... I, I... I can see where you're coming from. Not I don't necessarily think my local GP is being paid off by Big Pharma. No. Um, a lot of conspiracy theorists think they're being flown to Bermuda for lavish holidays once a year. I don't think that really goes on. Um, but it's hard to know. But obviously the mental health services in this country are nowhere near what they need to be. Um, no. But again, it's something you could do 10 podcasts on that topic alone, truly. You could. And... Um... Yeah, that I'm just talking from my own experiences, and I'm sure other people have had different experiences. Of course, but yeah. I can only go, I can... lives as well. So it's something I I don't really feel like I should comment on because I don't have I'm not I'm not smart enough to be quite frank. <laughs> and how did you kind of get into the whole meditation realm yourself? I that is interesting. Why did I start meditating? Oh well, okay. Uh, uh, I'm kind of careful now what I what I want to say here. So I found myself in a situation. I found myself in a re- in a relationship, a long term relationship, where at a stage I had become quite unhappy, and I'm going to say it was a toxic relationship. And I know you and listeners are going to make automatic assumptions when I say those words. But I was the toxin. I was the toxic person. I was incredibly unhappy in several aspects of my life. And I was lashing out at those closest to me, which is commonly the case. I was listening to audiobooks on self-help constantly. But they're not worth a shit unless you actually put some of the stuff into action. I learned that the hard way. I heard so much. This, this meditation word kept cropping up. So I was like, maybe there's something to this, you know? So I learned how to meditate using YouTube meditations, and that's all I've ever used. I don't use the Calm app or the, what's the other one? The Headspace. Headspace app. I don't use those because I'm too miserable to pay for them. So I just use uh, YouTube meditations. I have a little catalog, a little library, the ones I like. And the way I look at it is, so say in your everyday life, say on an annual basis, when do you feel the most rested and the most chill and the most calm? When you get back from your holidays. True? True. True. I feel like meditation is like a little holiday you take every single day from your like your hectic, stressful life. And when I wake up, wake up, when I come to from a really good meditation, you know those ones that you're really in the zone for? They might happen one in five or six. You just feel like a brand new person, like you've just recharged your batteries. Best feeling. It's like being yoga stoned. It's like, it's like yes, exactly. I was yoga. I was I was yoga stone probably about two or three months ago, and I was like, "What the hell is wrong with me?" And I know the yoga teacher that was teaching it, and I came out of it. I was like, "I have no idea what day it is." I it was such a weird like outer body experience, but you do feel from meditation when you when you manage to get into that realm or into that zone, mm-hmm. you do feel, as you said, rested at ease, and you just feel you can kind of do what do what you want rather than kind of having this whole fear of being 
afraid of what everyone else is going to think it's it's exactly and i feel like say if you're if you're about to embark on what you know is going to be a bit of a stressful day you get a good meditation in beforehand and you feel fucking invincible and well you, i do it I can it's people. huge um and I, so if you're in the middle of a meditation and say you can feel yourself zipping into it's so hard to describe and obviously from person to person it'll vary but when you get into that zone that zen feeling during your meditation the trick is not to kind of suddenly be like i'm there i'm there don't get out of this stage don't get out because then obviously you're out of it but uh, it's the best feeling in the world and i wish i could just give a slice of it to every single person listening so they can feel it even just for one day and even if i haven't meditated for three or four days in a row i'll suddenly feel myself getting a bit snappy with people getting a bit more impatient and i'm like okay laura it's time for you to take your little daily holiday yeah, it's, it's like the journaling for me. I noticed that if I haven't, I did it probably about three weeks ago. I didn't journal for like two or three days. And I, I was like, why am I being so snappy? It's yeah. like, it's mad when you get, you like it's for so long, you've, it took you so long to get to that point where you felt comfortable enough to write down pay on, on a page or have a meditation. And then once you have missed it, it becomes part of you and you kind of, you miss it a little bit more, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and the same can be said, I think, for exercise as well. If only we could just, you know that post-journaling, post-meditation, post-exercise feeling where you just feel amazing. If you could just like stamp that onto your brain forever and know that that's what you're going to feel when you do your thing. Yeah, I think, yeah, the the, the post, the, yeah, I think the post-exercise endorphins is, it's you always psych yourself out at the beginning, but you always feel better afterwards. A million percent. Um you put up a post a little while ago regarding putting up uh, about a letter to your 16 year old self yeah what advice would you like i know this is a very deep episode what advice would you give to your 16 year old self if you were to kind of write that letter interestingly a while back i don't remember when i asked on my instagram stories you know the question box i popped up a question box what advice would you give to your 16 year old self and the answer came back was 90% the same don't care what other people think of you but again say that to a 16 year old these days and they'll tell you to go fuck yourself probably so what what would you actually tell your 16 year old self that oh okay can we go maybe super more superficial and less deep yeah yeah um what would you say? I, I genuinely, what would I say to my 16 year old self? I genuinely don't know. I think I'd tell my 16 year old self, I'd be like, here, Laura, it's Laura from the future here. If I were you, I'd get into exercise, any sort of exercise, yoga, stretching, running, uh, resistance training, because I only really embarked on that in my mid to late 20s. And I feel like, God, if I could have ingrained that into my body and into my mind from a younger age, I could have reaped such huge benefits. Not, not aesthetically, just like health-wise yeah I, I yeah i i came late to kind of the fitness fitness realm as well kind of 29 30 um so yeah I, I can definitely resonate with what you've just mentioned there um mine would probably be to kind of probably stay away from extremes because i have i'm quite a type a personality uh-huh. that i would be if i was working in sales would be quite hard myself if i didn't kind of hit targets and then if i was on back in the day when i didn't know what a, a calorie was um was i would have been kind of having salads kind of monday to thursday and then on a friday saturday sunday probably out with the lads 
and then kind of trying to stay away from extremes and trying to find balance. Balance is quite difficult to find, but extremes seem to be easy to go to. Would you have listened to yourself? Oh, hell no. There you go. Oh, hell no. I probably, because I, if you, if I look back at my 16 year old self, I wasn't, I went to a decent school, but didn't enjoy school, didn't enjoy school because it wasn't something I was interested in. So if I go to kind of like my mates and my parents now, they find it so bonkers. There's books all around me studying all the time, but it was just that it wasn't something for me at that, at that time. Um, and I've probably been pushed into up a ladder I didn't really want to go down or go up should I say it's a toughie isn't it because 16 year old Shane and 16 year old Laura were probably totally different human beings then you're I presume you're the same age as me you're 33 as well 33 this year yeah yeah yeah. um so we're totally different human beings I'd imagine yeah I had hair as well 16 year old Laura was a little shit I was just I just didn't want to like I feel sorry for my dad looking back at it like he was trying to help me do the projects the schoolwork or whatever because I wasn't great at maths and I was like I don't want to be here and then I was end up turning into a regular like I genuinely feel sorry but I was just like it just wasn't I kind of did a solo episode like episode I think it's episode 11 I spoke about it it just wasn't for me and kind of looking back at jobs that I had as well just wasn't for me but it was just hadn't found what was as kind of this can sound a little bit cheesy but it just wasn't the right kind of avenue for me have you Uh, found your avenue yeah i think this this is the longest i've ever stuck with anything and i think it's because it's my name attached to something that's because it's my brand because i can help people and that's all i was always what i wanted to do when i was putting people into jobs when i worked in recruitment i wasn't necessarily helping them because i was taking a very decent commission out of it i'm probably making a lot less money than i was when i was in recruitment but i am definitely a lot happier helping helping yeah exactly i found job fulfillment helping a lot more people uh, try to kind of get the and change their mindset towards how they speak to themselves because i've been there Mm -hmm. um that's really good so you resonate it's resonation for you yeah and i i find it very difficult not to get take it to heart when people don't do well because i'm like what could i have changed about the style of coaching what could i have kind of done research on and that just makes you a better coach because when you first start off i coming out of your out of kind of pt course or whatever i came out more confused i was like what the fuck have they just taught me mm-hmm. um and then you're like i was very lucky that i had two or three pts that i used to work with and they pointed me in the right direction of kind of look up this like martin mcdonald on mnu his kind of information uh look up kind of kelly starrett for kind of mobility stuff um and kind of look at kind of a few other people as well but it was important for me to be able to kind of look up those information that information and lyle mcdonald on the female hormone system and all that kind of stuff and i've accidentally fall into fallen into kind of helping females more than have found when i first started pt it was like i'm going to coach males only and get them jacked yeah, yeah, yeah. i have no interest in that now it's literally trying to change females perspectives on themselves and try to educate them on how their body works because i for for most part i'd say 95 to 99 percent of females don't understand how their body works so you're okay with period talk then oh when i first started it was the bear 
my one of my clients keeps saying it to me if I haven't spoken to her in a while she goes oh how's the bear Shane I couldn't talk about it I've watched three hours lectures on menstrual cycles I've done a full blown episode of 45 minutes talking about menstrual cycles uh, and now you probably, like my mates slag me all the time asking me how's my cycle um, I have no problem talking about menstrual cycles and menorrhea all that kind of stuff and I'm very fortunate to have interviewed some of the leading experts in Ireland and the UK and there's one big one coming up from the US um, coming on soon to talk about it because it, it a lot of people don't realize how their actual bodies work and different stages of the month how their strength is going to have an impact their appetite all that kind of stuff that's amazing I'm, I'm really glad to hear that because it's kind of I noticed on is it James Smith's podcast he spoke about before the female fat loss yeah episode he mentioned how people treat women as just little or men yeah, so that's a quote from Dr. Stacey Sims. I think she has a book called that, I think it is. So I think James, I could be wrong, James, uh, but James could have robbed that from her. But yeah, Ooh. women are not small men. No, it's actually, to be honest, I think the female body is way more impressive than a man's body. It's, it's a lot more, there's a lot more it's a lot more interesting a lot more going on for a man like have you ever noticed when a say if you're with your partner or one of your former partners and you went on a diet together to go for a holiday or something the guy would lose weight so much quicker but females get pissed up pissed off with that but they don't necessarily understand why that is the case um so it's um, it's great to see that there's the likes of james there's the likes of Renee mcgregor stacy sims uh, Jane and stuff like that kind of putting out that constant information about how women should feel themselves and not deprive themselves which I think you are a huge advocate as well so like you're very au fait with periods and cooler period talk that actually reminds me of a fella I was seeing a couple of years ago who was like into periods but we won't go there we won't go there what? I know when you said you had a story that was like fuck that was not expecting that <laughs> so, yeah it's gas. I tell all my girlfriends about that, and they're like, "Okay, that's weird." That is bonkers. Uh, yeah. that, you can leave that in or take it out if you want. If it's inappropriate for your podcast or whatever, I I'm gonna leave that in. Uh, <laughs> Put that in as your teaser. Yeah, that would be that would be. Uh, what's the, what's the episode about? It's about this weird guy that talks about periods uh, or likes periods. Um, so you posted a video with your sister on YouTube channel about how can we be better people and one of my mottos in life is just be sound and i don't think a lot of people are doing it i think it's getting i'm seeing it now that we are on kind of shutdown and isolation mode this is kind of going out on the 20th this is going to be recorded on the 23rd of march so we're not fully shut down yet as if we are or if we are but one thing i'm making a conscious effort is if i do see and kind of an older person um kind of walking around the park or whatever if i'm out for my walk is to make sure to say hello because i'm not sure when that person has spoken to someone recently shane i've become like a mega creep i am shooting the biggest toothiest smiles at everyone everywhere i go not that i go many places but anytime i see someone they're probably thinking i'm some sort of freak who's just trying to make new friends but i'm nearly overcompensating even this morning i went for a walk up in the hills i think i met about three or four people everyone was really good with the social distancing actually we both like moved over to the side um but i'm really i'm nearly over eager i'm like good morning how are you is everything okay keep safe now <laughs> i think i think when people when when this whole thing is lifted and thankfully it will be lifted soon i hope i think people are literally going to lose their shit and be literally 
like phone bills are going to be through the roof and then the first night out is just going to be mayhem uh yeah. i i think it's but i think what's gonna what's important for people to do now is to make sure that they are checking in on people and okay. i don't think a lot of people are doing that enough like i have a, we have a cousin's whatsapp group we have a lads whatsapp group that are making sure like some of the lads are abroad so some of the lads are checking in on uh other lads parents and stuff like that just to make sure they're okay um and it's important to kind of like make sure that we can be better people by just saying are you okay it's simple as a text yeah just not like i feel like some people are becoming quite selfish aka at supermarkets it's so bizarre to me because do you remember there was that big flurry at the start where people thought we were going to be i don't know the supermarkets were going to run out of food right oh this is so infuriating to me so i stayed away from the supermarkets but from what i could hear a lot of the like tinned beans rice pasta pasta sauces were being snapped up off the shelves as soon as they were being packed on and then plant milks as well because they've really long shelf lives and I was like well great that's all of my staples gone that's all the things I live on and it's so funny because people snub plant milks like soy milk and almond milk and that I'm like oh so it's good enough for you now you fuckers <laughs> it, the, the bogro obsession I do not get no we're like, not going to be shitting anymore. Well, you presume. Maybe if you're really stressed out, you might get a little bit of diarrhea, maybe. But not enough that you have to buy 45 toilet papers. It's... And what my brother was rang home yesterday and he was saying that he's in London and the only bog roll left was in a small supermarket, probably about a mile from his house, but had Donald Trump's face on it. That was the only bog roll left within kind of like a two or three mile radius from his house. Bonkers. It's, I don't want it. If it was a diarrhea epidemic, I'd say, all right, fair, that would make sense. But it's not. No, but it's like the yeah, it's 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 absolutely mental. Um, and also, like I, I heard someone else say, and it's not necessarily a fear of like using more toilet paper, but more a fear of if we're put on lockdown for eight weeks, we'll run out of bog roll. But even if you do run out of bog roll, you can use soap and water in desperate circumstances it's not the one thing i'd be like i need that i'd be like i need rice more than i need bog roll yeah but else you can do what they do in asia which is the the hose or they can i don't mean a hose but you can still use a shower or you can use whatever like have you ever been to thailand and used one of the bum guns before i've used one of the bum guns and okay controversial you might not agree with me when you get used to it it's hard to go back and you suddenly realize how unhygienic we are in comparison if you think about it you're you're not putting anything foreign up there which aka your hand but you're yeah. literally putting up water which is a natural resource and it's just spraying getting rid of ex- any excess you're i can't believe we're talking about poo. Of, like wiping away any excess oh it's just bizarre and now i now i understand why they look at us that we're not that hygienic because we're not no um no i think yeah well yeah i can't believe we no, i will uh, tell you if you want to we'll go back to period talk for a little moment so i as part of my like finding myself journey i attended um a yoga retreat in thailand in 2016 on my own so i flew over to thailand on my own so bloody random very eat pray love and i went to this the first night woke up in the middle of the night what had arrived only my fucking period not only that i also had the shits from all the traveling i don't know if your tummy gets a bit disturbed when you're traveling so i had to deal with that trying to use a bum gun can't put toilet paper down the toilet in the yoga retreat and my period coming in like like all at the same time that sounds not very zen if i can get through that chain i'll get through anything 
That is not an ideal start to a holiday. That was my first ever solo trip ever in my entire life. And solo traveling is stressful enough. It is. Um, you know what? I got through that. I'll get through anything. <laughs> that, I, and that's how we can be better people. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, I don't know how we start talking about shitting and having periods on yoga retreats when the question was that. Well, it is what it is. It's just a conversation. So um, we, we, were you leading on to like, how can we be better people? You said be sound and I would say be more patient and they kind of intertwine with each other, I think, really. Yeah, I think the the patience thing is probably one of those things that I know that if I haven't either gone for my walk or haven't done the journaling, I know I'm less patient. Oh my God, me too. Oh my God, hugely. I'm, I, I, I'm really surprised that you actually said the same thing there because I find... I can fly off the handle quite quickly, but if I've done my little meditation or had a little yoga practice, my patience is like tripled for the day or my empathy. And also if I don't get enough sleep, if I, when I was, a, when I was a face-to-face PT, I was not nice to be around, particularly on the weekends because I was just so knackered from the week. But now that I'm getting proper sleep, my my kind of like talking to people I can actually talk to people and not be a zombie and not just snap and also I'm not just reaching for crap for the sake of it it's uh it's... yeah I, I work so I do like night shifts and I find it incredibly difficult to sleep after night shifts so I might get into bed for 8am and I'll wake up at 12 midday to maybe go for a wee and that's me when I'm up I'm up so that's four hours sleep so I'll do two night shifts in a row so in two in two days I'll have had eight hours sleep and oh my god you just do not want to be around me after that second night jesus that's I'm like an antichrist i actually feel a bit like glum and i'd say that's just sleep deprivation because after a couple of days i come around again but i feel genuinely sad i eat crap my tummy is really bloated my digestion will be way off my entire system just finds it really difficult to cope with working nights i've done them there for 11 years um but they're really starting to take their toll on me now so i can 100 percent anecdotally attest that night shifts are bullshit yeah night from working with people who have who work night shifts there to, to, to i know martin mcdonald from mnu would talk about it and he would say well quit your job but it's not that simple and I don't think that's probably the, the best answer to hear if you are kind of working night shifts. Um, but it's important to, if you are working nights, my advice would be to try and control the food while you are on that night shift. I have a couple of clients at the minute and what they do is they kind of bring in their snacks with them or bring in their meals with them. But they also make sure to include, like if there are kind of so-called treats or chocolate which is the go-to on the shift to try and include one or two of those pieces or say if there's a box of quality street try and include one of those one or two of those so that they don't completely lose it mm. uh, it's it's a tricky one because i feel like some people do better fasting through the night because i know some people who do that and that's they find the best and then when they get home they have a bowl of porridge or cereal or whatever and then they'll go to bed so they'll keep everything exactly as it always is and then other people kind of say stretch out so maybe have your breakfast at maybe 2 p.m or whatever time you get up at and then have your lunch at 6 p.m and have your dinner at like 11 p.m or midnight it's i think it's one of those things you kind of have to try it on for size the different um meal times 
and I think for me personally I actually do quite well with just tidying myself over I, I eat like pieces of fruit maybe a bowl of soup really light foods just to get me through it's not a very physical thing I have to do during nights whereas if I was I don't know what would be physical I suppose working as a doctor or a nurse maybe maybe I need more substantial meals um, but just from speaking to colleagues and stuff some of them do really well with fasting some people barely are barely able to function because they have chipper every night and other people uh, choose to have their dinner at 4am and do you stay away from caffeine uh, uh, April last year I started drinking coffee not for any particular reason only for my sleep had gone to absolute pot and I was like well the obvious solution is to take up caffeine lol <laughs> so I found myself drinking a lot of coffee to get myself through loved it loved the effects loved the buzz but I also found I started suffering from anxiety which I've never suffered before in my entire life so that had to be cut drastically so now I'll have one to two I'd probably have three cups of tea caffeinated tea a day and maximum of one coffee and Uh, all finished before 2pm and if you are working a night shift still the same no I will have tea but I won't have a coffee on nights okay yeah, it's one of the things I'm still kind of tinkering with to see what's what the fit is. But I know if I have too much caffeine, I am my heart is pounding, I'm my mind is racing, I get very stressed. So I'm just trying to kind of find the sweet spot for me when it comes to that. But now I love the taste of coffee, which is not ideal because I didn't like it at the start. I forced myself to drink it. What are your thoughts on coffee or caffeine? Or um, so I am new-ish to caffeine. I never had a cup of coffee in my life before I became a PT. Um, and it was my elixir of life uh, when I was a PT. Let uh, me guess, Americano, half an hour before your leg workout. No, uh, oh. uh, flat white or, yeah, Americano or flat white. But like, I would literally only have one cup of coffee. I have a two cups of coffee today because I've been at my desk since 6 a.m. But um, the generally I'd only have one cup of coffee and that would be with my breakfast and then I'd be fine. But that's, okay. just, that's just habit. I don't even think I need that caffeine. But I know if I were to take it out, I would get the headaches, which I think a lot of people do when they're trying to take go off caffeine or reduce the caffeine. They yeah. go cold turkey and then they get these uncomfortable migraines, um, which they're not nice. And I wouldn't advise it if you are trying to reduce your caf- caffeine to anyone listening to this. My advice would be to try and wean yourself off it, not to go cold turkey. If you are looking for a pre-workout before your sessions, try to take caffeine 45 minutes to an hour before your session. Do not go into a gym with a can of monster in your hand and go in expecting that to be working with you still on that session. It takes about 45 minutes to an hour for that caffeine to hit your body. Um, And it's the same with any pre-workout. So most people, you see them kind of necking them before they kind of start training. By the time they're finished a session, the caffeine is is literally only starting to kick in. Um, That's good advice. I actually, I didn't actually know that, but now that I think about it, I do feel the effects of a cup of coffee about forty minutes after I've had it. So that would actually make total sense. Yeah. So like, it's 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 good for like if you are playing like sports or if you're playing. Uh, I work with chemical crocs as a nutritionist for them, and what I try to get the guys to do if they don't if they if they're going faster to their games. Um, is try to get a little bit more carbohydrates in the night before but try to have a cup of coffee probably like an hour and a half uh, before kickoff if their stomach will allow it um, and that will kind of be their, their boost if they need it because sometimes the matches are at like 10 or, 10 or half 10 in the morning and a lot of the players don't like to um, try to eat before a match I was one of those when I played football I could never eat before a match but I think caffeine 
has a half-life of about six hours so i'm glad you kind of brought up the point of Timing. yeah so if you're kind of cutting it off at like say 12 o'clock it's still going to be in your system at 12 o'clock that night so if you can kind of reduce it kind of bring it forward like the, the doctors and stuff would say kind of 10 a.m is to be the last one but that's not going to happen for wow. most people like that's not going to happen but so the if afternoon you, slump happens at two exactly and that's probably after loads of people just eating a load of carbs or had a carvery already yeah. um but if you can kind of cut it i'm if you're having one at like 12 o'clock or two o'clock make make that your last one but i think a lot of us just end up reaching for coffee for the sake of it and we're like from working with clients on a daily basis most people aren't getting enough sleep most people are scrolling on instagram scrolling on stuff when they're pre pre-bred routine so like get blue light blocking glasses to try and if you're if you need to work at your laptop or try to get it off your screen kind of like an hour an hour and a half before because you need to produce natural melatonin and if you are looking at your screen in the dark looking at your phone or whatever it may be you are blocking that natural melatonin by up to 50 percent which is where your dreams will happen where you go into your deep sleep and that's where the muscle recovery and happen and stuff like that happens which you, you need to kind of make sure you're getting proper proper adequate sleep i think two huge factors that are wildly undervalued when it comes to general health is sleep and digestion Yes, and I, I'm, you alluded to that on when you do your night shifts that you feel bloated, you feel your digestive, um, you don't feel great afterwards. Um, how much water would you drink when you're on the night shift? A lot. I drink a lot of water in general, minimum of two litres a day, but up to four. Um, I'm actually consulting with a gastroenterologist at the okay. moment to see what the hell is going on he he did indicate that there is such a thing as like shift work belly it is a common thing where nurses will have ibs symptoms yeah not a nurse but uh, nurses will often have ibs symptoms and he's we've done mris and we're doing lots of examinations and he kind of wanted to do a scope and i was like i would rather not pay you thousands of euro to enter my anus doctor and so can we do something else so he's actually we're going to do oh this it's this crazy thing so i don't know if you ever heard of it it's um like a little pill you swallow and it has a camera in it and they give you a little screen that you can take for the day and you get to watch and it films what happens in your digestive tract as it passes through and then you just poop out the camera and then you, obviously you don't retrieve that obviously that's disposed of and then you watch the recording back of the pill going through your tubes isn't that absolutely fascinating but also disgusting but also fascinating that sounds bonkers but i probably yeah that sounds bonkers but i think yeah i can see yeah i have massive benefit but I, yeah i can see well, it would be kind of mildly entertaining for sure in a really fucked up disgusting way my friends were like laura you have to send a snapchat to this and i was like of course i will we're very close friends but uh, <laughs> we're, we're kind of going through all that but he was kind of indicate like i for the first five years of shift work everything was tickety-boo everything was grand and then just things started to go downhill and he said yeah that is a common thing some bodies just crave oh what's the word Ru- not routine there's like a medical term for routine homeostasis maybe or how many states is when the body's 100% or 100 No, that's not the word. Oh my God, what's the word? I'll think of it afterwards now. Basically, your body needs routine where your meals are inputted every single day at the same time. Therefore, you can pass at the same time every time because also I find on night shifts, um, I, will I say it? Will I cut it? Uh, my, we'll just say my digestive goes all, my di- digestion goes really, really, really bad. Okay, enough and said. Uh, enough. But yeah, I'm going through all the process for that now at the moment. As okay. Well. well, fingers crossed. We you kind of get um 
get that that looked after properly and get that sorted because it sounds like it's not um not ideal and nothing yeah it just it doesn't sound very comfortable um the last question i'm going to ask is your thoughts on buying followers as someone that has a very big social media following there are a lot of people out there um you did a igtv or a video with a video a highlight yeah video on your story um about it um have you changed your mind all right, well, now it's been a while. I think that's like two years ago since I did that highlight. So initially my thoughts are, that's bullshit. Like that's deceiving your followers. It's deceiving brands. Brands are going to come to you thinking there's going to be 100,000 eyes on their product when in actual fact it's going to be 15,000 eyes and 85,000 bots that aren't going to watch your story or whatever because uh, for brand collaborations afterwards, they will seek the stats. So they'll be like, okay, we'll send us on your reach from that post or whatever. So I, it's really frustrating to, to see it because if everyone was on an even keel say every single fake bot follower bot and bought follower excuse me sorry i had to burp there um say if we were all stripped back and they were all deleted we'd all be in a much more even keel now luckily i don't go scouting for too much paid work i don't rely on it for my income but for anyone who does that has to be quite um frustrating to watch someone who has quote unquote a hundred thousand followers and just throwing that out there as an example knowing that they only have twenty thousand but yet the brands keep going to these people. However, I can see why the pressure is there to buy them because it's your livelihood. I can see both sides, but obviously morally it's not. It's not great, is it? No. It's hard to end it. I know people who I've worked with that have bought them in order to get the swipe up. To get to the 10,000? Yeah. Um, because obviously if you are if you are trying to sell something or have this affiliate link that is mentioned an awful lot it you need that swipe up you need ten thousand followers in order to get that i personally don't want to do it um i've thought about it but i just don't think it would sit right with me i would literally have rather have say whatever it is now like two thousand loyal followers and rather than than have say ten thousand followers and then have like a thousand who are loyal and nine thousand who I don't know who they are. Yeah, I actually did buy followers once. Do you want to hear about that? Please. That can be another little bit of a, a teaser for the thing. So it can be this one guy was into periods. I did buy followers once, and then you'd be like, "Hear more about when Nora's views bought followers." <laughs> so when it was like massive and people were watching it on Social Blade, it was all over Bloggers Unveiled. I don't know if you remember that. I remember thinking, "What is this buying followers stuff?" So I actually went online, googled buy followers for Instagram now, and I went into one of the websites and it was giving pricing options. So I actually did buy some the lowest denomination I could to see how easy the process was or wasn't to be so I think I bought maybe 50 followers or maybe it was 100 with the minimum it cost like a dollar or a dollar 99 put in my PayPal information that was fine it was all legit well it's obviously not legit legit but they didn't steal my credit card information anyway and lo and behold suddenly literally within two to three minutes I had 50 or 75 or however many extra followers come follow me none of them or very few of them had profile photos all like unusual names that I would never have heard of before I don't know and it was that easy so I can definitely see how easy it is yeah, and I never even thought of the swipe up feature before and when you mentioned that there as being a driving factor for some people I, 
if it's about business and sales then I can definitely see maybe if you had like nine and a half thousand followers and you just wanted to get over that edge would it be easy to pay the 10 quid and just get the extra 500 and swipe up that's yeah. a new perspective and I kind of would respect that more than the person who has a hundred thousand and are buying ten thousand every week yeah I can I, I know someone in particular that has got ten thousand followers but it kind of dips below the 10 goes above the 10 and then lose will lose the swipe up gains the swipe up oh uh, does it go away if you dip yeah so <gasps> oh, like if God. you're not putting out content like if you look at your followers they probably go up and down on a regular basis but like i've been stuck on 39.8 and 39.9 for so long <laughs> <laughs> but you're right those dip, people leave and come back yeah so it's like like i know the lady she talks about this a lot on her own stories that it drives her fucking scat but I can understand from her perspective because she's a newly qualified PT and she wants to try and drive people to her online coaching business. Um, so I do, I do get that kind of mindset, but I just, from I'd rather, I'd rather do it organically and I'd rather work for my followers. Um, just from my own point of view, that's the, I think that's the stubbornness within myself rather than anything else. Yeah, and also. Um, any of the social media strategy books will some I haven't listened to that many of them or read on that many of them but usually they'll say the people with the strongest influence are the ones with the smaller following because you're trusted more yeah like if you look at have you heard of a guy called Paul Morse yes I, to, um, what's the word uh, jog my memory I've heard so of Paul Mort is like the email marketing guru Paul Mort is would be closely affiliated with like James Smith he's been on oh, James's okay, podcast oh yeah uh, so he has not a big following, not a huge following. He has a decent sized following, don't get me wrong. But he talks about having the loyal followers rather than have the big massive following. I you would rather have from a business point of view, you'd have right you'd rather have say say two thousand followers and say fifteen hundred of them them are gonna buy off you rather than having three hundred thousand followers and ten are gonna buy off you. So it's important for you to make sure you're putting out quality content. If you lose followers, they were never gonna purchase off you in the first place. It's like it's like when you start up an email list. He's the the email. He is, though he was the mentor for James when James started the the email list. Mm-hmm. Um. So if if people are kind of unsubscribing, they were never going to buy off you anyway. So that's like, the customers just taking themselves sales out of the shops. Yeah, it's but yeah, one hundred percent. That's that's a yeah. that's a beautiful way of putting it. That they're literally taking themselves out of the shops. Um, yeah. It's not really related because again, my my social media is a hobby. Always has been. Hopefully, always will be. Uh, I actually miss being sub ten k, and that sounds really patronizing. I don't actually mean that the way it sounds. I miss being able to keep up with all my DMs. I miss engaging back and forth and having meaningful conversations with Lisa. I don't know, made up name Lisa Smith. Um, messaging back and forth with Lisa every couple of days. I felt like we had true, genuine friendships. Whereas now it's like on the cusp of 40,000 I just physically can't keep up and I miss that one-to-one personal interaction I never set out to have a huge social media following not that I have a huge social media following I never set out for that and I, I do miss that I miss that personal connection I had with so many of my followers whose names I knew and nowadays I sometimes still see their messages and I try to keep up as much as I can but it's difficult and that kind of breaks my heart a little bit because that's the whole reason I started my social media Ironically, the bigger it gets, the less social I've become. That and yeah, it's interesting because I think like you, like Siobhan Hagen would talk about that as well about being inundated with 
DMs and Sinead Hegarty would talk about it as well from talking to the two of them. And it's it's interesting that when you are when the, when you get to a certain level that it's not necessarily you'd be happier enough when you had like the nine thousand or what nine hundred and ninety nine or nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine and you're ha- you'd be happier at that. But when you're at that level you want them more. It's like you can't have you can't you can't what's the hell am I gonna phrase this? You always want what you can't have. Yeah, exactly. Um, the grass is always greener. That's yeah. another expression as well. Um, so in in a way, I do miss having the smaller following because I was definitely more engaged with my people. I saw them as like my friends. But then again, um, another aspect to the bigger following is the more the bigger following is the more people who follow you that don't really like you and we're not all friends. I've seen that coming up on more people's stories an awful lot more that a lot of people now because of what's going on and they're a little bit more idle are popping into DMs and sending messages and when I thought and they were probably the same I could I could be speaking out of turn here they could have been the same people that were kind of saying when a certain celebrity um uh died recently um we're probably saying that was all horrible and stuff like that but yet they're doing the same thing i know now i do understand i even since since all this kicked off um this current crisis this international crisis kicked off i have noticed myself i'm getting a little bit more frosty people in my dms and stuff i don't actually usually get that much so when when it does rise a little i notice but i know that's not the person that's the stress that's um being bored at home all day fucked up of being around the same people all the time fed up of being isolated and wanting to vent and thinking who's a good target i know her online i, I think i've only ever had i've only ever blocked two people on social media through through the, the the dms and stuff like that and they were personal insults and i was like fuck this i couldn't be arse i'm not even rising to the bait yeah it's uh, I, um i think i've blocked maybe 10 or 12 ever i must check that actually maybe there's a bit more but um I try and see things from their perspective, even if they're being a little shit and like, I don't know, saying, oh, you're so ugly or whatever. I'm like, okay, this is this is a reflection of them. It's not really me. And that's the same with kind of, that's good solid advice in general. People project onto you what they're feeling themselves. Hurt people. Hurt, hurt people. people. Yeah. yeah. I was literally going to, they took the words out of my mouth. There's another one I saw recently. Unhappy people try to make other people unhappy. Misery loves company. I don't really understand that one. So if you, if you are... <laughs> If you're at work and you're at the water cooler and you are not, you're in a group at the water cooler, there's going to be a group kind of gossiping about someone that's in the office. So you normally get a bigger group that are going to gossip rather than kind of one or two people. There's always more than two people going to be kind of bitching about someone, whether it be a boss, whether it be someone that is wearing a certain outfit at work or whatever it may be. And it kind of the, the kind of hunting crowds and like, um, um, what's that bird of prey? I can't even speak anymore. Uh, what's that bird of prey? Uh, that no, they don't. Um, I can't even speak. Um, whatever they call it, but they kind of hunt on on prey and stuff like that when uh, they're hungry and they kind of hover around over you and then they kind of swoop down and they got, that's the one, uh, and that's what they're like. Um, so hopefully that explains it in a really really bad. That actually, no, no, I get it. I get it. Kind of like people love to gossip and like evil is kind of. Uh, contagious not evil that's the wrong word but gossip like gossiping is gossiping is the the main reason people make contact with people and there's a book called sapiens oh my god i'm literally on that page at the moment oh <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> i'm actually on that page 
on that page at the moment. I'm really slow to get through it. I'm it's a, it's, it's not an easy book. You wouldn't sit there and read it for the whole oh. day. Afterwards, I'm exhausted. I'm like, oh, that's been the hardest three pages I've ever read in my life. I'm working Your my way mind has to be on. But I'm on the gossip thing because they're talking about um, ch- uh, chimps being yeah. gossips as well. And that ever since the dawn of time, we've been gossips. And that's yeah. how we... That's so weird that you said that now. Oh my God. Because I've literally, I'm reading Sapiens at the minute. Um, Where are you? I'm on page like 50. I'm not, I'm not, I think I'm, yeah, I'm not too much ahead of you, but, um... Me taxing on the owl brain, I just think I'm too dumb to read it, to be honest, because I'm not, I find it really difficult to absorb, and it's just, even the concept of there being more than one type of human, I'm really finding that hard to grasp. Wait until you get to the point talking about, um, females in where they fit into society. Oh, I'm intrigued. And how, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's literally why they're seen to be the way they are um, and how it has formed our beliefs even if we are in 2020. Actually, I think I have glanced through that bit before. Is this the one your mother is a prostitute? Uh, that sounds like a Brian Keane quote. No, no. <laughs> there is a bit in it I think that your mother is a prostitute and whether you like it or not, this is the truth and basically how females all through time have always kind of sold themselves in return for security and... Uh, good offspring and all that. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's wrong. part of it. And then the other part is whoever is reading this book. I'm definitely murdering this. Um. So there's the other part of it is that kind of so-called um the stigma behind it is it comes from myths. Most of our beliefs come from myths, which are so-called make-believe stories. But because back in the ancient times that was the only thing to do, which was to kind of make up these kind of stories, like in kind of Game of Thrones, and they talk about all these kind of make-believe dragons, all this kind of stuff that that's where these stories came from but yet they're still innate in on what we believe today even as a culture even though there are so many different religions so many like a lot of people nowadays don't necessarily have kind of moved away from going to mass on a sunday um but like what they're saying is from from those mythical stories that people were like girls were women were prostitutes they use their sex to kind of to kind of get what they wanted but then they talk about it, how women um, in business um, don't necessarily climb as high due to certain circumstances. Um, but if there was to kind of a woman be a man to run a business, um, a woman would probably show a little bit more empathy, a little bit more organization, while the man would be, this is a sweeping statement that I'm about to make, but it says it in the book, um, that they would be m- more driven towards targets and be a little bit more cutthroat mm-hmm. well that makes sense i think we can both kind of attest to that anecdotally yeah and i think and that that has stood to the test of time and like he also has a second book which is on my desk as well oh, which is home Deus. so i do have the books i've literally ordered more books i need to stop buying books um but i've, I've ordered the books that i've ordered recently are ones that i feel are more relevant to me at this time yeah. uh the books I always for if you want a mindset book, the monk who sold his Ferrari. The monk that sold his Ferrari, the car. Oh, I've heard that before. Actually, yeah, I haven't read it. It's very, very good. Um, if you want another one, Mindset by Carol Dweck. I'll have to add those to my list. I listen to this back and like scribble them into my list because I have a list of about twenty books I need to get through. Oh uh, my! I've like oh my phone is just full of them. Um, I didn't realize we've been talking for an hour and twenty minutes, Laura. Oh uh, shit. Holy fuck, okay. <laughs> uh, so it's grand. Um, so what is, given kind of what's going on at the minute, we don't know what's coming up next for Laura. 
Um, where can people find out about you? Where can we people look at your YouTube? Where can people look up on your your videos, uh, which are some of them are hilarious. Um, so where can people find all your details, Laura? I think the easiest way is probably just to go to my Instagram. That's the go-to. It's at Laura's underscore views. And if you just type in Laura's views on YouTube, you should be able to find me there too. I'd be lo- I'd, I would love to have you. Laura? Whatever. <laughs> I'll slide into her DMs. Um, <laughs> Laura, thank you so much for giving up so much of your time. And I hope you stay safe in this weird time that is going on. Yeah, and if I was to give one piece of advice to anyone listening or everyone listening, it would be just try to be patient. Be patient, just be sound. Yeah, be sound. Thank you so much, Laura. Thanks for having me, Shane.